Hello and welcome to the Toon Tales podcast, where we take a look at the cartoons we loved or loved as kids. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Toon Tales podcast. My name's James and alongside me is my good friend and co-host, who's also called James. Are we getting on, James? Are you alright? Alright. Enthusiastic as ever. So in today's episode, we're going to be focusing on Dexter's Laboratory. So as the same as we did last in the last episode, we are going to start with some facts, which I think James is going to read them out for us now. Right. It was created by Jendy Tarkovsky. It ran between 1996 and 2003, which is, again, longer than I expected to. But I imagine there'll be drop-offs in when they do series. They only did four series, didn't it? So what's that? One every two years, nearly? Well, actually, there was a bit of a break in between. So um, you are right. Like I said, it started in 1996. But actually, when it was on a water cartoon, it was 1995, was the before it became the series. But I think the first two series were made and then there was a quite a bit of a break. So when we say, like it, like you said, it's over quite a big, long length of time, I think there was a maybe a three or four-year break. I think the first two series happened 96, 97-ish, 98-ish, and then you then saw a break and then they came back. Yeah, each episode is kind of like Johnny Bravo in that sense that on one episode there's three separate Many episodes. So yeah, in total, you're looking at like twenty, two hundred and twenty-one segments throughout the four series. Which is to be fair, again to them, that's a lot of content for what they're doing there. You know, that's a, that's a lot for a cartoon. You know, especially that kind of four season kind of thing. Anyway, back to the facts. It's got an eighty-nine percent rating on Rotten Tomato, which I think certifies it as fresh. Um, I haven't actually got the notes with me from the. Uh, Johnny Brother episode that we did, but I think it was eighty seven percent or something. So that did you say that was eight, Dexter's Lover Story is eighty nine? Yeah, you know it's rated better than Johnny Bravo was. Yeah, you see why though when we get into the episodes a bit because some of the episodes are quite they're not deep but they're not they're not they're not simple really on the surface. Uh, so anyway, seventy nine percent on IMDb, which again pretty decent for a cartoon. Yeah, once again I think high, but higher than Johnny Bravo. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's fair. I, I don't, don't want to keep saying it's pretty decent for a cartoon because if they're all about that, I'm going to... Every cartoon's got about a 79% rating. Yeah. In the 72 in the 100 best cartoons ever on IGN, which, again, pretty good. Yeah, and we see Seth MacFarlane and Butch Hartman being involved in the early series as well. And I think, I think again, it's that, that these are like that prerequisite to like Adult Swim. Like you, you probably have this. If you sat down with your kids and watched this, they probably find it quite, quite, quite funny, and it's got some stuff in there that's funny, probably for an adult. Yeah, definitely. Um, me and the twins both sat down and watched it together and loved it and really enjoyed watching all four series. I, I, can, I can see that from that point of view, that kids are, um, the kids that enjoy this more, especially because there is that, like, the themes that run through it, like the sibling rivalry. Obviously, it's like being... A word I'm going to make up now, cartoonified, but because obviously, like you know, we don't all have a lab lab in basement, but it's good in that sense. Like it's still just two people who are annoying each other, like brothers and sisters, and brothers and brothers, and all that do. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, as we go through when we, when we talk about the um, actual episodes more, I think that sibling rivalry and that kind of family 
esque feel that you get from the two of them, from Dexter and Dee Dee together. I had it with my sister, you had it with your brother. All of us have an understanding of that and probably appreciate that aspect of it. I can tell you for a fact, though, if I found out my brother had a lab in the basement like that, there is absolutely no way I'm just hanging out down there. I'm telling my parents immediately because that's the kind of sibling rivalry we have. Yeah. <laughs> you probably... It'll ruin it for the both of us, but I'm taking you down. Yeah. I think that's basically what DD does in a, in a different sense. He just destroys everything. It's worse for him. If he just, talk, if, if he just told everybody that he had a lab, he'd be like, oh, cool. Right? That's it over. It's like torture, really, what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to the next segment, which is rating and reviews online. So over to James, who's got our ratings and the reviews from the World Wide Web. Yeah, so I've got a few of mostly positive, to be fair, because IMDb, for some reason, doesn't have a very negative reviews on here, which is... That could just be it. I think they go, they go from mediocre to positive. Got a couple from Angelus 2. I'm saying that he like him and his brothers you sit down and watch it all the time. You know, like an out you know, like when you used to do when you come home from school, like we probably all did. Four till five, stick cutting it, work on for an hour. And it's you know, this and with the like three or four episodes in one half hour, you're kinda of getting your fill. That's kind of his kind of comment there. But the less positive ones, let's have a look. The first one, very, very uh, I don't even know if this person is British, but this says not bad. <laughs> it sounds like I reviewed it, and that for me, not, not bad. If it were me, it'd be not bad, maybe like an eight. Yeah, uh, I think. Did you write? Did you write that review, James? I can't imagine. I'm calling myself Kiki Boo underscore eight. Can I? Can I just point? Can I just say, if you're calling yourself Kiki Boo underscore eight, you would, you should really be more expressive with your reviews because you've been really expressive with your login with your username and then just kind of go yeah i mean right. for flamboyancy kiki boo a is pretty flamboyant that is the elton yeah. john, that is the elton john of, of, of user ids yeah they've used it all just on that on their username to be fair there is more but that is the header not bad it's okay funny enough funny enough pretty repetitive with his sister, just not as good as the ratings here would I have you believe. It's like We touched on this in the last episode, where people have this aspect of rinse and repeat was one of the, the references last time. Was What do people expect? It, it's a cartoon based around a child genius and his older sister. That's that's generally the premise. So, it's all, it's all going to be similar. The story might not be similar, but you're always going to get them to because it's called Dexter's Laboratory. He's going to be there, and his and his sister is an is going to destroy things. That's what it is. So I, I don't see how people go. Oh, it's the it's the same thing at every episode. No, the characters were the same, just different things happened, like happens in every TV series. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's adult ones that we there's, there's not adult, not that kind of adult. Get your mind out of go. Um, that there's, 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 you know, shows that we watch as adults that are, they're repetitive like that. The only programs on TV that don't involve 
a sense of the same characters is game shows. Yeah, probably, yeah. So another five out of ten. Uh, a ripe potato turned rotten over time. Deep. Yeah. That is that is deep. And, then it, and, 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 and hilariously, this person, I'm not going to say the name because one, it can only be this person, this person's got a pretty distinctive name, so I'm not going to do it, but they've hidden their review behind a spoiler wall, which is hilarious. Do, do they reveal any spoilers in their review? I mean, it is, it's like a clickbait article. It is six paragraphs on Dexter's Laboratory. I know we're doing a podcast on it, so don't at me. Still, this is a review on IMDb, which only us are reading. I kind of feel like it, to do a six-page review just seems a little bit far. But, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to, for this. And they're very poetic. A ripe potato turned rotten over time. Um, well, you know, well, obviously it's... Obviously, you know, it's difficult when you're unemployed, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as if, like, you, like your, your kid, like, you know, they're not going on IMDb and going, what cartoon should I watch? How's a review here? I'll read them all. Five out of ten? I'll go through this entire six paragraphs. Anyway, sorry. When I looked at some of the reviews, like, obviously, you've got into it a little bit more than I have, because obviously you're, you're discussing, you're the one that's brought them to the to today's episode. But they seem quite positive. Was it quite difficult to find the negatives? Did you have to go looking for the negatives? Yeah, and the negatives aren't even that negative. It's like, like you say, it's all, it's mostly just an adult writing their children's TV shows repetitive. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's a good indication. I, d- I think there's a lot more innocence in Dexter's Laboratory than, you know, there's not as much controversy surrounding it as there might have been um, Johnny Bravo, yes. as we discussed last time. Yeah, yeah, it is more on that level of being very cartoony, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Johnny Bravo, literally, if you if you, if you flip that just a little bit, you could make that an adult swim very easily. Yeah, definitely. So now we're going to move on to the next section, which is called Our Opinion, where we discuss some of the episodes, and we'll also do Did You Know? But before all that, we're going to start with Rate the Theme Tune. <laughs> Okay, so we are going to do it the same as we did last time. I'll give a score out of 10. James will give it a score out of 10. And then we'll kind of find a mean value for the score. I actually quite, I really like the um, the Dexter's Laboratory theme tune. It always kind of was able to entice you enough. Had a little bit of drama in it. So for that reason, I am going to give it a 7. I'm going to also say a 7. I quite like the... the... The, the way they used the music, it was quite like ominous, but like as if it was like a mad genius thing going for it, which I quite, quite enjoyed. So yeah, I'd probably say about seven, seven or an eight, but I'll go with seven because that is definitely easier to work out the median. So the median value for Dexter's Laboratory is seven, which means it goes to the top of our leaderboard. 
So now we've rated the theme tune, we're now going to move on to look at the series in a little bit more detail. The series we're going to focus on is series one, and in particularly the four episodes that make up the pilot episodes. So the first episode we're going to talk about is called Changes. So basically what happens is Dee Dee breaks into Dexter's lab. She finds him building a remote. Dexter as always tries to get rid of Dee Dee. She then runs around breaking things. She then stops when she sees one of her dolls on the operating table. She then gets angry and uses the remote to change Dexter into a bunny. In retaliation, he turns Dee Dee into a bullfrog. He then explains how the remote works while Dee Dee transforms him into various different animals. They basically then end up chasing each other and changing themselves into various different animals until their mum's about to walk in and they finally change each other into each other. So the episode finishes with Dexter as Dee Dee and Dee Dee as Dexter. Why are you creating that? I think that goes back to, well, the kind of exaggerated side to a sibling rivalry. I think you can see that side of it. And if you imagine this is the first of four episodes, so this is probably the first ever Dexter's episode that anybody has seen. So they've got to really entice you. It's got to be essentially like a banger on it of an episode. It's got to get the entire point across. Yeah, and I think you see that kind of, like I said, the exaggerated relationship. You know, Dexter's laboratory is generally built on the relationship between Dexter and Dee Dee. It's very attractive to siblings, I think. You know, that's why I think my twins liked it, probably why we would have liked it. Well, yeah, because I always remember her being like a good-natured idiot. Like, she had no idea what was going on. She was just like, yeah, just like hanging out down here. But in that, in that episode, she kind of comes to the door, doesn't she? In that first bit, of, like, knocks softly because she's been asked to get him, make sure he's up, or to see if he's in, knowing full well that he won't be able to hear the knock. Then she, like, master criminals away into the room with a express card. That's one thing about Dexter's laboratory security. It's terrible. That's what else you're doing. If you're going to create a remote that can turn people into animals, you know, maybe create a good lock. Or get a ring doorbell. Oh, you'd have one now. You'd have one now, definitely. I think Mum appears... In that episode, that doesn't, but it is centrally focused on what is them two arguing with each other and childish fighting, which is generally what probably enticed people to the series. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the, the animal bit would be hilarious for kids, like turning to different animals, but like the fact the parents are kind of just trying to get on with what they're doing, so they're not ignoring the kids, but the the kids are always doing that, like you probably have when your kids are like having a bit of like an argument, you may be like a little bit, not like you're not listening, but you're also trying to just, you're doing something, so you might not be paying full attention, and the, the fact that they're not paying attention and these kids are turning into like an ostrich and a like zebra and stuff behind her. Yeah, I think you also see as well, you can see the influence of Dexter's influence from older cartoons uh, and in actually its influence for future cartoons. A lot of that, the kind of destructive element to cartoons that appeal to kids these days. I mean, I say this, this, that kid's definitely having a heart attack before he's 20 because he's always stressed, no matter what's happening. He is yeah. stressed at all times. I think it influences probably like that kind of like grew a Megamind style thing as well, that kind of. You know, like that kind of silliness that they're both, they're both evil, but they're not evil. Yeah, I, to be fair, I don't think like there's Mandark who features once in the first series, who is Dexter's arch enemy, and is actually probably the the, the evil version. I don't think that what Dexter does, Dexter's 
never really wants to take over the world. You know, you never hear him necessarily say those things. He just builds things maybe because he's intelligent enough to do so. So I think it, I wouldn't say necessarily he's an evil character like Gru. I guess the idea of, you know, the the silliness and the idea that things might not work out. Yeah. I, ideally, it's probably similar. Gru, for example, has a load of minions, for lack of a better term, but it's just what they're called, aren't they? Who are who make it very difficult to be the bad guy. Not because they're cute or anything, because I'm sick of seeing them everywhere and every meme, but they are stupid, unhelpful. And Dexter doesn't have that, obviously. He's like doing it himself, but Deedee's kind of like that. She's obviously not his minion, but if he, even if he was trying to be an evil genius, she kind of spoils it. Well, yeah, and I think you see that in the episode when Mandark first appears. The essence of that episode is that Mandark appears, threatens to take over the world and gets Dexter to shut down his lab. He then makes the mistake that we all do and falls in love with Dee Dee. Dexter then uses that to his advantage as Dee Dee then goes to Mandark's laboratory and destroys it. So, you know, whether or not Dee Dee had mean to, if Dexter was an evil genius... She would generally destroy it anyway. Ooh, what does this button do? Which actually then kind of feeds into the next episode we want to talk about, which is the second pilot, let's say, which is called The Big Sister. Basically, what happens is Dexter bakes some cookies that contain a chemical called Chemical X29 um, to feed to his rats. Dee Dee tries to get one, Dexter stops her. She then tricks him into giving her one by dressing up as a big rat. She then starts to inadvertently destroy the city. Dexter then himself tries to stop her. She then eats another cookie, goes back to normal size, at which point mum arrives and they both get told off and told to clean up the mess they've made, destroying the city. It's that cartoon trope of being so good at one particular thing, like genius, that you can't do other things that normal people can do. You know, like, so he's like, he's a super genius, but he wouldn't spot his sister dressed as a five foot rat, you know, being good, like, academically or something. They, they, they have no actual skills in how to be human, almost. For me, that, that really highlights the need for Dee Dee in Dexter's life. And it's probably what the writers were thinking when you've got somebody who is massively intelligent, but lacks the kind of common sense aspect. To have somebody who can be their yin to their yang. And probably would have seen Dexter become quite successful. Because he's got Dee Dee by his side. It never fails to surprise me how completely without the intelligence you are. Um, so the, ne- the next episode, which we'll call pilot number three, is Old Man Dexter. There's a film called Santa vs. the Wolfman. Dexter really wants to watch it, but he's not allowed because he's too li- too young begs and begs and begs he begs for three weekends in a row to no avail he then decides the best thing to do is to go to one of his inventions that makes him a little bit older however dd as always comes along messes it up and he goes from what he hoped to be a young teenager to an old man then sits down to watch the film and ironically falls asleep because it's it's too late for him to stay up because he's getting on in age. Like I don't know what his plan was. 
even if he even if he came back and he were twelve, his parents aren't going. Oh, you're twelve now. Cool, right? Sit down, watch the film. They're gonna still think you just look a bit taller, but you're still eight. I don't understand what what he thinks to happen. But again, I get I get it. It's it's a thing. I I shouldn't uh, read too much into these things. I quite like that episode. To be fair, it's quite nice. It's quite nice. It's quite funny. It's a bit confused. It's a bit concerning that no one picks up on the fact that Dexter's missing. But maybe that's just cartoon life here. Hi, Grandpa. Grandpa. Oh no, I'm old. The last of the four pilots is called Dimwit Dexter, and I think this time James is going to give us a run through. Yeah. So essentially, he's trying really hard to fix some up. He has like an explosion in his head, essentially, where they do like the Scotty thing, like, uh, you know, like the Scottish accent. And then he has a breakdown, essentially, which is a deed he takes advantage of this because he's he's basically becomes the opposite of himself. He's not a genius anymore. He's just like a, a caveman. So she dresses him up like a doll and... Uh, Runs around with him, gets him to kiss a duck's ass. That's the, that's the episode. So, yeah, and I don't, again, of the things that happened to him that day, I mean, clearly he's had a breakdown. So then she makes him cross dress because he has no idea what's going on. And does his hair, which I don't know, they got so much hair off his head, but again, whatever. The kiss in the duck's ass is everybody's gathered around it is the least embarrassing thing that happens. Why is that? Why was that a nineties thing? I forgot. If he kissed the duck's ass, does that make it that embarrassing? If Dexter was a real child in the in the mid nineties, a high school in America or a middle school or whatever, he would be uh, the nerd and would do what he does, but then would never be seen. Um, kissing a duck's ass sounds like a weird saying that you've just made up now like you had to do you span a wheel yeah I've, I've, I've never seen um, a person of high IQ kiss a duck's ass <laughs> they've done it on TV before I think they did it in an episode of Buffy where she goes into herself but that's a similar thing he, he, he like explodes essentially and can't function and I think kids will see it and think, oh, that's funny. But, but, but really, you're looking at it thinking, this would be a good teaching moment. Yeah, which is an interesting point to hit in a, in a mid-90s cartoon, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where you'd sit down with your kids and go, that bit where he dressed up, where she dressed him up as a girl, that's because he'd, he'd had a breakdown. <laughs> Would be a bit much, probably, but it is. It, but when I saw it, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's what that is." It's like he's literally, he's burst a gasket, that kind of thing. He's 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 gone. Mental health and stuff like that. I mean, being being what it is, you know, like it's quite thing, you know, in it, it's quite openly talked about now. And, it... and I think what's really good about the four episodes, obviously the four pilot episodes that we've discussed so far, is how they easily slot in to the series in different places. There were some episodes in the in-between bits where his lab monkey is also a superhero. And 
on one of the episodes, and it, it, his his sidekick, um, Agent Honeydew, I want to say, and and the boss get kidnapped by some alien lions. The monkey has to try and save them, and the guy's hunting him. Yeah, isn't he? Isn't he able to subdue monkeys' powers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he takes away his power. Also, the story the predator is loosely based on man being hunted by a predator. Well, that's that's a bold start for a cartoon, isn't it? I think th- th- there's some aspects that I find quite nice in for Monkey. I like the idea that uh, that the lead is in his TV all the time. That's quite a nice little a nice comedy thing. The relationship between Agent Honeydew and Monkey himself is quite interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I do like that because like, the episode I, I caught it, I caught that episode, and when he's like they're trying to 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 do it, they're having some food, and he tries to get out, he tries to get to the food as the agent, you got the the boss guy, he like bangs, he goes, oh, you can't get out, you can't get out your TV. So yeah, so there is good aspects of it. I just I just felt I don't know why I just didn't find the character potentially endearing. Okay, so then we can move on to. Emmys for Monkey to my my personal favourite, even more so than Dexter Laboratory itself, Justice Friends, which maybe because I'm more a superhero fan, like yourself, James, maybe I found it quite interesting. I really like the premise of superheroes living day to day, the day to day aspects of life. Uh, the main characters, Major Glory, which is Captain America type person, Eddie Van Halen, which I assume is a ripoff of Van Halen, a, a guitar playing hero. And then there's Krunk, who is the Hulk, essentially, um, living their daily lives and finding it hard to live normal lives as superheroes. Really funny, really good. I think what I liked was some of the extra people that come in. So uh, characters like White Tiger, um, who is essentially a a caricature of Black Panther, I assume. But it's good. I like the like the like the fact they have like cameo appearances, like literally like what is now the MCU. Like people just like oh, Black Panther's here. Well, interestingly, Jendi's reading of comics when he was younger to learn English was the idea behind the Justice Friends. So they are kind of based. But I like what I really like about White Tiger is, and the episode that we see him in. Is he does what he needs to do? I think he saves Van Halen. Then, he, then they go back to his to the flat, and White Tiger doesn't speak and just acts like a cat. So it's it's, it's fun for everybody. Cause... It's hilarious. It's brilliant. I think I could watch series upon series of Justice Friends just on its own. Genuinely do. I've really enjoyed watching Dexter's Laboratory, and I really enjoyed watching it with the with my my kids and and seeing the youth of today really enjoy it as well. Like want to watch it, I think mostly we'll do Burn and Return later on, but it's nice to to visibly see people are actually enjoying this the series. Yeah, it's good because it like bridges that gap, doesn't it? Like it's something that you can all watch. I mean, there's there's a, there's a few of those, but it is it's not it, it's not a chore because some kids shows from knowing from my friend's son when he was like five and six and whatever. Some of them are an absolute chore to get through. They're not, they're, they're not good. 
and that's just because we're older but some of this is funny like Cartoon Network stuff always has been a bit edgy anyway I think but it's funny you could sit down it's with a kid and watch it and you know that they'd be entertained enough to carry on watching the show and you'd be entertained enough to maybe even if you in the background it's not annoying you it's good I hope you got that first hand experience as well because you you know you've sat down with the kids and watched it and they've enjoyed it and asked to watch he said asked to watch it. So we're gonna move on to another section. Did you know? So I'm gonna let James go first with his did you know? It was the first of the cartoon cartoons for Cartoon Network, which initially debuted in nineteen ninety five, then the transition into its own show in ninety six. Did you know, James, that there was an episode that never aired because it's excessive amount of swearing? It wasn't until January of 2013, which it then aired, when Cartoon Network uploaded it to your favourite channel. It's called Rude Removal, if anybody out there would like to go and watch that. Um, Did you know the second time that Christine Kavanagh has voiced the main character who has red hair? The first being Chucky Finster from Rugrats. Did you know Dexter began with the drawing of a ballerina? One day, Tarskovsky, my attempt at pronouncing the fella's name, he was just drawing and he drew a blonde ballerina. He then decided what the be- he would then just draw completely what he felt was the opposite of a ballerina. And he then drove a little science boy. And then in the end, the characters grew into Dexter and Dee Dee. If you're Portuguese listening to this, I don't know what our um, viewership is. Viewership, it's not viewing, is it? Listenership. In Portugal is, Dexter is voiced by Henry Feast or Feist. If you're Portuguese, it might mean something to you. Okay. And I've got one last, one last. Did you know? Is it better than the face one? Because if it ain't, don't bother. Um, I could say nothing, and it'd be better than that fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just say, you could say, my name's James. It's like in fact, it's better than what I said. Did you know in Portugal? No, it's not that. Did you know the reason why Dexter sounds the way he does and very different is because Tarkovsky decided that that's how he thought scientists sounded like. So like Albert Einstein and people like that. So so that's why he sounds, people are, there is, there's a lot of discussion around, does he sound French, does he sound Austrian, does he sound this, does he sound that? But the reason he sounds like a European genius is because in the creator's mind, that's what all geniuses sound like. So that's, so that's the end of Did You Know, with some really interesting facts, and one from James that was not as interesting. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the final section of today's episode, Burn or Return. Me and James are going to both decide whether or not Dexter's Laboratory, call him for Monkey, Justice Friends and everything else afterwards should make a return to our television if we both agree fantastic 
we'll explain why we do. If we don't agree, we'll both try and argue the point for and against our decisions. Are you ready, James? Yes. One, two, three, return. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was going to be it. We've both been very positive about it. It's very, I think, I think, I think genuinely because obviously I, I've watched I've watched them today and they are the animation's quite bad on some of them because it's obviously it's before HD. But if you HD that up, nobody's going to know that's an old cartoon. You know, like the things you talk about with like the Justice Friends thing, like obviously like now we're in we're in, we're in a we're in a thing with superheroes with the MCU and to a much much lesser extent the DCEU. Uh, it, that kind of thing is massive. That's before its time, because that's pre that's pre Blade even, which is obviously like a, the first Marvel thing to get made in the nineties. You know that th- these things are these are th- th- you know the the Justice Friends thing is it would be massive now. Oh yeah, th- I think people would love it. I think it'd fit in absolutely perfectly on Cartoon Network, generally on streaming services. Yeah, I just think it fits perfectly in today's world. I don't think there's anything overly offensive that could be that means it should stay in the nineties. Yeah, so overall, it's nice to finish with a return of an of a episode. It is just for just for fun. I will put out a poll on the Twitter account at, at Toon Tales Pod whether or not you'd like to burn or return Dexter Laboratory yourself. So I think that's it for today, James. I think that's episode two, Dexter's Laboratory done. Uh, just a couple of things for the socials. Um, you can get us on Instagram at Toontails Pod and Facebook at Toontails Podcast. You'll also find us at Twitter at Toontails Pod. And we have an email as well, which is toontailspod at gmail.com. If you'd like to ask us any questions, any suggestions on future cartoons, ask us anything at all, you can get us on there. Um, we will be yeah, and we will be looking to add episode one and episode two to YouTube in audio form in the next few d- days or weeks, so keep a lookout for that. Um, and we don't know what we're doing next yet, but we're going to have a... We could put a poll out, I suppose. Once again, it'll be on the Twitter feed as a poll. But... Except for that, that's it for today. Thank you very much, James, for being alongside me today. No, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you again on the Toontails podcast.